breaking news out of U.S. soccer this morning after Major League Soccer put in a request to deny their first teams the chance to participate in the historic U.S. Open Cup. The U.S. soccer statement reads, Major League Soccer has requested to allow MLS Next Pro teams to represent MLS in the 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. After thoughtful consideration, we have informed MLS that the U.S. soccer staff recommendation, which was adopted by the Pro League Task Force, is that the request be denied. So U.S. Soccer has come out with their response after the report came out on Friday that this would be MLS. What they, I think, were looking at as a solution to not having their first teams participate, having the MLS Next Pro teams participate. But U.S. Soccer has said that is denied. What is uh, your reaction? Are you surprised? A little bit, only because U.S. Soccer's response to things of this ilk have been sheepish in the past. Uh, but I think it just goes to show just how important something like U.S. Open, uh, US Open Cup is to the culture and to the game. U.S. soccer is saying not just yet. Now, I'm sure there's more negotiations to be had. I'm sure they'll find themselves a nice, happy medium. But I, as the question you asked, am I surprised? Yeah, I am. We're, Nigel. Were you surprised when, you know, first of all, the backlash that came out on Friday, I, I think, was, I, I don't want to say surprising to me, but I think just went to show just how much the U.S. Open Cup means across the country to, to soccer fans everywhere. But Major League Soccer putting forward that they would allow or, you know, their recommendation was to have their second teams participate um, for that to have been a solution that is clearly not going to fly with U.S. soccer. Um how, how do they find a path forward here? Or is there one? The biggest thing for me, Ali, is it shows how far soccer has progressed in this country. Because I don't think that MLS expected the backlash that they got on that Friday after the news. And with us, people like us, and you know, the ability to be able to express ourselves and how we feel and what football is, that's kind of maybe forced the hand of US soccer to say, we have to react. Like, this is about the good of the game. It's about the history of soccer in this country and what we've, how far we've come that we need to react. So for me, that just shows how much the game has really progressed in this country, how passionate people and fans are about it and having tradition to continue that history and the game to continue to grow at a real authentic level for the fans and the, and the real lovers of the game. Yeah, yeah. this is it. A was, it was loud. It was unanimous. It was coming from every corner of the country, um, all different levels. Just how much, it, how important this competition was to the culture of the, of the sport going forward and how essential it will be to develop a great point. You made a great point about developing youth. Yeah. MLS doesn't touch every city, every town in this country. A thing like a U.S. Open Cup gives an opportunity for those smaller teams mm -hmm. to shine. And I think also, it's, it's, it's for me, again, like an, an, a Brit looking into this, I was against it straight from the start. I was very vocal about that. The world saw this and the world has reacted and angrily as well to say that this isn't right. And that is, for me, I think another factor which made U.S. soccer to say we have to act because this is a different now. There isn't a small bubble of soccer fans in America. There is no bubble. It's, it's national. There's so many football fans who love the game in this country, and now they've got voices and opinions. People like ourselves could give our opinion and voice to what this game is. It's the world's game. That's what I think also forced U.S. soccer to say we have to act. Well, our good friend Felipe Cardenas now joins us, CBS soccer correspondent here on the network to talk more about this developing story and the breaking news coming out of U.S. soccer this morning. So, uh, Felipe, my friend, welcome in. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, this is the latest bit in uh, this saga between U.S. soccer and, and Major League soccer. Uh, I just want to start initially with your reaction. 
Yeah, I, I think you're all right. You know, the voices from the fans, uh, that was very important. I think the reaction was was clear. Uh, but when you get down to it, I think the one thing that we didn't have when this first news came out from MLS, we didn't have the U.S. soccer reaction or any, any sort of statement. Now what we have, but now our understanding is that U.S. soccer is going to fight for for this tournament. And it is, and they should. This is their tournament. This is one of their most uh, important products. Uh, we've discussed how long this tournament has been going on. And, and if you look at just the criteria that U.S. soccer puts forth for teams to participate in the U.S. Open Cup. One of them is a requirement from all professional teams affiliated with U.S. soccer, and that's MLS. They have to participate. And so when MLS decided to remove their first teams and, and enter their MLS Next Pro teams, clearly that was, you know, breaking a rule for, for U.S. soccer. And so this reaction from them, I think, is expected. Felipe, uh, what is what do you think is the long term play here for MLS? Obviously, these are negotiations. They're pushing chips in and out here. Uh, what do you think is the hope? Is it an expanded roster? Is it the opportunity for the coaches maybe to make their own decisions with uh, roster? Maybe call up some more of those kids. Yeah, I think immediately this this go this puts the responsibility and 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 the and the decision making on coaches now. You know, the, over over the years, you've seen MLS teams uh, some take the U.S. Open Cup very seriously in the early rounds, others don't. Uh, some wait until they get to the quarterfinal, semifinal round to really put the, put their first teams in, and that's how it should be. The coaches should be deciding this. Uh, from MLS, you know, I think they're going to stand strong with what they want to do. They're going to try to find a way uh, to to. to to take away the schedule congestion from their first teams. I think that was, in my opinion, this was part of the creation of MLS, MLS Next Pro. If you if you look up what MLS Next Pro is per MLS, they call it a professional league. I think we can debate whether that is true or not, Is that if that's fully true or not. There are a lot of academy players that take place there. Obviously, the college draft picks go almost immediately into MLS, MLS Next Pro, but that's not an elite competition yet. And so I would expect MLS to try to find middle ground. And you saw in their statement, they're leaning heavily into the fact that they want to see improvements in the tournament. They want to see more investment in the tournament. And I think they're also going to you know, stand, you know, plant their flag on the fact that they're trying to protect the players from from over from schedule congestion. So I think this is just beginning because clearly both sides have a good point here. Felipe, how much do you think that this decision being frowned upon internationally played a part in US soccer having to react? Yeah, you know, I don't know if they expected that. I don't know what they expected. I think this has been a, a big PR problem further, though. I mean, I mean obviously, if, if this were to take place in any country around the world, you know, we've talked about, imagine if the Premier League pulled out of the FA Cup, what that would do, what sort of reaction that would, uh, we would see. You know, this was similar. I understand that around the world, perhaps there's still, I think there were a lot of questions like, what is U.S. Open Cup? But still, the, the reaction was unanimous. You saw multiple international outlets writing about it, criticizing MLS for for their decision and they must have heard it you know I, I, at the same time I don't think their the MLS league office is so naive to think that they weren't going to see a negative reaction and they went forth with it because they believe that this is the way to go but to your point you know I don't think it helped and Felipe, you know, what's interesting is we talk about the scheduled congestion part of it um, and, and the solution that MLS saw in you know putting forward their reserve teams in MLS Next Pro to participate. There is a rule, uh, at least, you know, in, in this past season, where teams could only call up on short-term loans players from the reserve team a, a certain number of times. And if those players made 
two appearances, like they've maxed out. So is there a way forward in which maybe you lift some of those restrictions to allow more uh, transferability between first and second team when it comes to a competition like, let's say, the U.S. Open Cup, where, as you mentioned, early on in those competitions, we do see coaches not always put out their strongest lineup initially in those early rounds. Yeah, that, that has to change. I think, you know, the Board of Governors meeting took place uh, last week and, and coming out of that, I think one of the criticisms was that there, there aren't a lot of big changes coming in 2024 uh, in MLS, especially from a financial or roster restriction perspective. But, you know, we talk about giving this the, the responsibility to coaches in U.S., the MLS coaches to decide who plays and who doesn't in, in, in cup tournaments. And at the same time, their their hands are tied too. to your point, Ali. And, and, you know, the MLS clubs still, you know, after 27, 28, years uh, of existence, they still struggle mightily with depth. And so it's not like they can just say, it's a f- it's fine, we'll just play a bunch of these players, uh, our reserve players in, in, in the League Cup and, and try to get through the rest of the 34-game season. No, they, they don't have that depth like the, like other clubs do around the world. So that that is a rule, the one that you mentioned about the, the contemporary contracts. We see that often when, when, when first-team players are injured, and it's really just to fill bodies on the bench. You know, I've heard multiple coaches over the years say that. Like, it's not like suddenly they're bringing up a player that can just step into the first team. No, they weren't they weren't developed yet. And so all those things need to be considered if these two parties are going to meet in the middle. That's a big one, giving more uh, giving giving coaches on the first team MLS sides more players and more leeway in how they build their depth. Felipe, uh, there's a lot of frustration with fans internationally as well saying like, why not just call the kids up? And I don't think they really understand the cap rules and and the the roster rules. And you brought up something that I think has frustrated a lot of fans, especially a lot of new fans in MLS after Messi's inclusion in the league, is the lack of changes coming. We expected a fourth, possibly even a 50p was rumored. Uh, Maybe, you know, expanded TAM or or GAM, I should say. Just an opportunity to bring in bigger, better players from around the world. That looks like it's not happening. Now this roster rule is stopping them from being able, or certainly stopping the coaches from just being able to bring up a bunch of these uh, MLS next pro players, especially when you need them. Why, why the lack of changes? Why still be so conservative with the purse? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what side you're on. Are you being conservative or are you uh, biding your time? And, and I think that right now with, with that second point, all of us understand where we are in the sport right now. There's a runway up to 2026, and it's going to be a huge, huge moment for Major League Soccer to show the world that the domestic league, the first domestic league in the U.S. is a serious league. It's growing. It's competing with the best leagues in the world. It's especially competing with Saudi Arabia, where they can bring in stars without any sort of regulation. And and I really do think that MLS has to consider that. Don Garber has told me and, and other reporters that he doesn't see the Saudis as a threat. I, I, I don't believe that. I think it is a threat because they can do what we're just discussing. How do you bring in marquee players and elevate the league, elevate the visibility of the league? It can't just be Messi. You know, Messi is one guy and there's never going to be another Messi. So the league has to start thinking about that and how to, how to get that done. Now, in 2024, perhaps it's too soon to just break a bunch of rules or just change rules and bring new DPs. But my understanding is that these things are being discussed. At least how do they be? How do they become more a more ambitious league and give more teams the opportunity? But I, I it feels like we're a long way away from seeing uh, that, that sort of competition with the Saudis where we can attract the players that they've that, that they've attracted. Every one of the players that went to Saudi Arabia, in my opinion, would 
come to MLS if if the, the price was right, uh, the the, st- the the lifestyle is one that they want. So those things are going to have to change. But right now, the other point you mentioned, Alexis, no one wants to see just kids in a cup, cup tournament. We don't want to see academy players uh, the, with their, the responsibility and the onus of taking a team, a first team through a cup competition. It's great to give them experience. But if this competition becomes that, I, I think that's also diminishing the U.S. Open Cup. Felipe, how important is it for you for U.S. soccer, the governing body, to get this whole situation right and sort it out in the sense of to other governing bodies around the world football with all the stuff that's coming to America. So you talk about a World Cup, you talk about the Club World Cup. How important is it for them to look like they've got their house in order for the rest of the world? No, it's important. You know, yeah. I, I, Good luck answering that one for a little bit. I know, because they, they, it, sometimes you could argue, like, do they have their house? In, have they ever had their house in order? Uh, but, but no, to your point, I mean, th- that's why 26 and even 25 with the Club World Cup coming, uh, all eyes are going to be on the United States and, and, and on how they organize international tournaments. And so this this is part of it. You know, I think so, Nigel. I think this is part of, of the U.S. soccer saying, you know, we have to take ownership. We have to stand our ground uh, and really compete and, and protect our products, because when it, when push comes to shove, you know, a U.S. Open Cup may be a tournament that it has a niche audience, but it is still a, a prestigious American soccer tournament. So it needs to be protected. Now, when the world is watching in 2026 and 25, yeah, U.S. soccer, the, the personalities, the decision makers that are here in power right now, Cindy Parlacone, uh, you know, the, as president of U.S. soccer, you know, she's going to be front and center answering these types of questions. And she'll need to have a plan because otherwise, I think what the world will take away from U.S. soccer in 25 and 26 and beyond is that it's just a developing sport. And I, I really think we need to get beyond that. Yes, it's developing. But if that is the consistent feedback we hear from around the world, then the progress isn't being made. Uh, Felipe, uh, quickly, uh, was there any inclination that these, this, this decision to deny uh, was, uh, was maybe made a little bit more difficult with Don Garber's inclusion as being, I believe he's on the board. I'm not exactly sure of the exact title, but I know he's a, he's a member of or involved in U.S. soccer. Did that make things anything uh, a little bit more difficult? Have you heard anything about that? No, I haven't. I haven't heard that. But I mean, Don Garber, to your point, yeah, he's on the board and, and has been influential in, in that space for, for many, many years. You know, yesterday I, I sat down with Arthur Blank for a story I'm writing for The Athletic, and he mentioned Don Garber many times and his influence on U.S. soccer and 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 just his leadership. And so, you know, I, I think Don Garber is a very important figure here. Uh, and and he perhaps is the one, one of the people that is really pushing the MLS side, obviously, because he also has to protect his his stakeholders. Uh, and that, that's why, you know, I've said for several days now, it's going to come down to a big understanding between these two parties, U.S. soccer, Don Garber, Major League Soccer. Can they find middle ground? Can they share the pie and grow the sport organically the way that they have been preaching that they want to do for so long? And so, yes, Don Garber certainly in the middle of this. Uh, and and I, I expect to hear from him. It would be great to hear from him soon to see how this gets resolved. But for now, yeah, work to do. Yeah, Felipe, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and for your insight. As always, MLS has put out a statement, and we will be covering this more here on the Galazzo Network as the decision, or the request, rather, by MLS to 
deny their first team's participation in the U.S. Open Cup and instead have their second team's participate has been denied by U.S. soccer. So that is what we are covering here today on this Wednesday morning. We will go to break. When we come back, Jimmy Conrad, a U.S. Open Cup champion, will join us to talk about all of this and more. Stick around. Breaking news this morning. U.S. soccer has released a statement after a report on Friday came out saying that MLS would deny their first team's participation in the historic U.S. Open Cup tournament. U.S. soccer statement reads, Major League Soccer has requested to allow MLS Next Pro teams to represent MLS in the 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. After thoughtful consideration, we have informed MLS that the U.S. soccer staff recommendation, which was adopted by the Pro League Tax Task Force, is that the request be denied. Joining us now to talk more about this developing story is a U.S. Open Cup champion, Jimmy Conrad. He's even got that medal yeah. on the ready. And Jimmy, I... How'd you know he was a champion? He gave us no clues. No clues. <laughs> and he did it with Sporting Kansas City. Uh, then the Wizards. Jimmy, initially here, I just want to get your reaction to the latest in this story. Yeah, with regard to U.S. soccer, first, I appreciate that they're putting their flag in the ground and saying that this is unacceptable. We're not going to allow this to happen. We're not going to be pushed around by MLS just because of the fixture congestion that they created with the Leagues Cup. I mean, they, they once again, MLS said it in their statement that there is schedule conge congestion. They want to figure out how to make it better for the players and the welfare of the players. We're going to play our younger players because of that. Well, the, you, you created a new competition called the Leagues Cup that has taken a huge amount of time. It's actually more games over a calendar year than, than a U.S. Open Cup would be. And so, I don't know. It, it's ultimately starting with U.S. soccer first, Allie. I appreciate that they, they uh, had a little backbone in this situation. And I'm curious to see what that pathway is forward. Did that surprise you to see U.S. soccer come out with that type of statement? No, not, not necessarily, because at some point, they, as the governing body of the sport in this country, have to do what's right for the growth of the game here. It's not their, their interest, though MLS is tied into their interests, of course, financial interests, of course. They have to do what's best for everyone that's under the umbrella, or at least that's their mission statement. MLS, obviously, is just worried about MLS, so they're going to make their decisions accordingly. But for U.S. soccer, they have to look out for the greater good, and I'm glad that they did. Jimmy, how much faith do you have in U.S. soccer coming as the victors in this? And what do you see as victory for U.S. soccer in this whole situation right now? Yeah, great question. I think U.S. soccer standing firm is going to be a big victory in making sure that uh, they let MLS know in some ways that they can't get pushed around on potentially every single issue. So that goes into MLS's favor. So we're not there yet, but this is a good first step for them to say, hey, listen, this isn't right. You guys can't do this. And, and we're going to figure out a way to make sure that this is good for everybody. That would be a big W for me in a lot of different ways. And I think that sets a nice precedent for their relationship moving forward. With MLS in particular, I find it interesting that they went with the card of, we're going to play the kids. That's what, that's what the tournament's about. Just play the kids. I don't think that MLS should be able to dictate what the clubs do 
At some point, MLS has to give their clubs autonomy, whether it's over the salary cap, which they do a little bit, but there's so many restrictions with the rules overall that there's still a lot of control from MLS. At some point, they have to take those handcuffs off. It made a lot of sense to me, guys, when, when the single entity structure was put in place in the first place. We've had a lot of failed leagues in the history of this country, and that made sense to get the league going, to build that foundation. Well, the foundation's there, and it's obviously thriving. Take off the handcuffs and let these clubs do what they want, and that includes how they want to approach the Open Cup. If certain clubs want to play their kids, okay, cool. That's what you decide to do. But I know there are a lot of clubs, including the ones that I used to play for, Kansas City in particular, that really cared about winning this competition, and I have the medal to prove it. So I think that should be on the clubs to have to decide and not the league overall. Jimmy, uh, talk to me a little bit about where you see the landscape of American soccer. We've got the World Cup coming here in 2026. We've got other big competitions sandwiching that uh, massive competition. But that's the one where the world's eyes are going to be honest. Everyone talks about MLS gearing up for this and, and how the world's going to view MLS. Do you think this is the first step in what we're going to see from U.S. soccer sort of positioning themselves for the world viewing them and all of a sudden more eyes being on? <laughs> this is a loaded question, Alexis. I, I know, that. which is why well, I asked you, Jimmy. <laughs> How many more bridges can you burn, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my flamethrower's out. <laughs> you know? but, but ultimately, I feel like that, that for the, the betterment of the game in this country, we need everybody rowing the boat in the same direction. And right now, we're not. And, and these are some of the obstacles that we're going to have to overcome. They're going to have to be tough decisions. Is U.S. soccer dictating... What's happening in this country with certain competitions, i.e. the Open Cup, or is MLS dictating everything that's happening in this country? So this was going to come to a head. It has with MLS creating their own competition, with them creating their own youth stuff with MLS Next Pro and MLS Next. With everything, they're trying to control every step of the pipeline and squeezing U.S. soccer out so that they have all the control. Again, it makes sense because MLS is just worried about building MLS. But U.S. soccer has got to be very thoughtful about what they allow and, and entertain from MLS's perspective, so that they still have control over these important decisions like the Open Cup and who can participate and who can't. Jimmy, Nigel asked you what a win looks like for U.S. soccer in this situation. If Major League Soccer is not going to be granted their request to have MLS Next Pro teams represent Major League Soccer as a whole, what would a win look like for Major League Soccer if their option one isn't going to be granted? I would say a win for MLS soccer is to backtrack what they did and just say, hey, listen, we learned, we, we got, we understood the public sentiment. We understand where U.S. soccer is coming from. Maybe that wasn't the right decision. And we're just going to go back to what it was and we'll figure out a better way to move forward with this. And that's what I think is a win for them to listen to the consumers, to listen to the fans, to listen to the governing body of this country and, and, and to understand that that wasn't the right decision. And that's OK. For me, that's a win. You're not going to get every single decision right. This decision wasn't the right one. You got, uh, I think you heard loud and clear from pretty much everybody that this wasn't a good thing. And now you just say, hey, lesson learned. We're going to figure out how to make this work. Now, now they might not like that internally, but I think to the public and forward facing, I think this is in their best interest to, to uh, I don't know, respectfully take their L and turn it into a W. <laughs> Jimmy, as a soccer fan and someone who represented your country and obviously the governing body, um, U.S. soccer, how disappointed are you that U.S. soccer didn't react instantly, even with a simple statement on Friday when MLS released this news and it took them up till now to release a statement? What does that kind of tell you of it? Uh, you know, in, in some ways, well, <laughs> MLS did that strategically, right? They, they dumped it on a Friday when 
probably U.S. soccer. Everybody's at home just chilling. They're, they're like, wait, wait, what? Looking at their phones. What's happening? You know, and it seemed like they got blindsided. So in some ways, I appreciate that U.S. soccer took their time and, and were measured in their response and, and probably consulted all the lawyers and, and uh, legal people that they could to understand the ramifications and, and maybe even consulted FIFA. Like, what should we do here? You know, we're, we're a little bit of in a bind. I, I, so I don't mind that they took their time. Uh, I, I guess an immediate reaction would have been would have felt a little bit more powerful in some in the way that you're phrasing that question. But uh, again, I think that their patience showed some maturity and, and some leadership. They're like, wait, 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 let's take the emotion out of this. Uh, the news is out there and let's just chew on it and then make sure that we have a nice balanced response. And, and for them, it, it was pretty, pretty clear that they're not going to allow this to happen. And they just can't waver at this point. If they waver, then, then you're going to give MLS a lot more control, which is what they want. And, and in this particular instance, they shouldn't have control over this. Jimmy, what do you anticipate the next step in this saga is between Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer? Now that we have a statement and we know where MLS stands, what's next? Well, I think that from an MLS standpoint, they're probably waiting to see what the public sentiment is or the re reaction is to them saying, play the kids, you know. And, and though I think that's right in spirit because a lot of teams most likely will play their kids until they get to later rounds in the U.S. Open Cup, I don't know if they're going to get the reaction that they're looking for with regard to that. So, so I think at some point they're going to find that path forward. I think that was included in one of the statements. They're going to find a pathway to solve this problem. And again, I think it's going to return to the mean, which is that MLS teams are going to want to or going to have to play their full teams or at least be eligible to play their full teams in this competition. Now, I could see some potentially if I had to forecast into the future, there are some clubs that are like, well, we're just going to play our MLS next pro team anyway, you know, just to kind of spite the whole ruling from U.S. soccer. Because uh, for whatever reason, we're, we, we, we hold grudges in this country, especially in the <laughs> soccer world. <laughs> but, but ultimately, I think that this is the best step moving forward. U.S. soccer, making sure that MLS teams are available to play. And then the clubs can decide how they want to approach it. That's, that's what it should be. That's what it's always been. And I don't think it needs to change. Jimmy, I, I want you to do two things for me. One, uh, on a scale of one to ten. I want you to rate U.S. soccer's response because I think my answer might be different than yours. And then, two, if you were U.S. soccer, if U.S. soccer was just Jimmy Conrad, uh, what? <laughs> to some what people, would, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all of our dreams. Um, what would your response have been? I think the first question, I would say that's a 10 response. They, they're holding their ground. Uh, totally appreciate where they're coming from. And, and now it's forcing MLS to make a hard decision. What do you want to do and what do you want to be known for? With regard to me being U.S. soccer, which I already thought I was, but I guess <laughs> we're playing hypothetical. No, I, I, I would try to find an amicable, amicable solution to what's happening in general with our relationship. Obviously, these, these two entities, MLS and, and U.S. soccer, were tied together financially with Soccer United Marketing, where they were bundling their, their, their rights as leagues with their national team and, and the league rights together. So they've been intertwined for quite some time. That, that relationship is over. And so now it feels more, maybe probably where it should have been, where U.S. soccer is in charge of everything, everybody under the umbrella of soccer in this country, and MLS is trying to build what they're trying to build and being thoughtful about how we can work positively with U.S. soccer in some of the decisions we're making. That's where I would try to go. I'd meet everybody where they were and, and try to find solutions that weren't received as being antagonistic and, and, and trying to poke the bear for no apparent reason. I think there's a lot of good ways and, and solutions that are out there to solve this problem. Also, we haven't actually talked about MLS they could 
expand rosters. They could raise the salary cap. There's the mechanisms in place that they could do to help alleviate some of their issues that they've created with League's Cup and not wanting to play Mm -hmm. an Open Cup. And it's right there. They can do it. And they're electing and choosing not to. And take away some of the restrictions that keep first teams from having unlimited access to their reserve team with short-term loan call-ups. But, Jimmy, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, Great insight, as always, my friend. And I'm sure we will catch up with you more throughout uh, this week and beyond as we get more uh, on this developing story. And uh, on Call What You Want, our new podcast, Jimmy, Jesse March, and Charlie Davies, our very own, discuss their feelings on MLS's decision at length. You can check that episode out in all podcast feeds now. And Charlie will join us here next to talk more. Stick around. Welcome into the Galazzo Network. If you're just joining us, breaking news this morning as U.S. Soccer released a statement earlier denying Major League Soccer's request to allow the MLS Next Pro teams to represent MLS as a whole. Major League Soccer has also come out with a statement saying MLS believes that there are several essential goals and concerns that must be addressed in connection with the tournament, including developing young professional players and providing them with greater opportunity to play before fans in meaningful competition in a tournament setting, prioritizing player health and safety, reducing scheduled congestion for MLS clubs, and enhanced investment from U.S. soccer. USL has also put out a statement, another one of the leagues that participates in the U.S. Open Cup, saying United Soccer League clubs have competed in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup for nearly 30 years, including 46 USL clubs in the 2023 edition. We believe the U.S. Open Cup is a historic and integral part of America's soccer culture. We stand with fans across the country who want to see it remain an authentic and inclusive competition. Regarding the future of the Open Cup, we will continue working with our owners and U.S. soccer on what the tournament will look like going forward. Joining us now to talk more about this developing story is our own Charlie Davies. Charlie, you were just on the call with U.S. soccer. What were your takeaways and what is your reaction to the latest in this developing story? Well, I'm pleasantly surprised that U.S. soccer and MLS are going to go back to the negotiation table and figure out how they can move forward because U.S. soccer put their foot down and said, we're not accepting that, right? We want MLS clubs to participate, not the MLS Next Pro clubs to participate. So I'm I'm motivated. I'm moved. I feel that this is a step in the right direction. Now, there's still, I think, some work to do. It, in in hearing uh, a source close to to the situation, I think that the league would be better sit- situated if there was a bigger investment made within U.S. Open Cup. And and I think you know we're we're talking about fixture congestion, which which was the main uh, I think fear of of this U.S. Open Cup because there's too many games on on some of these players. But my whole take was well. You, you did that. Me and Alexis, we spoke at length about the League's Cup. And, you know, that's a, a, a major competition that you're putting in the middle of the MLS season. So um, th- there are ways to make this work. We all know you can figure out a way where MLS clubs who want to win this cup can play their best players. And then I think U.S. soccer, it, the, the federation has to figure out a way to say, you know what, if they want to rotate their squads and play more younger players, more academy players, a mix, a mixture, a fair mixture, then let them do so. So um, I, I think this is a step in the right direction, something that we all wanted. Charlie, I'm, we've spoken to Felipe. We've spoken to Jimmy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to add, and we've kind of asked, 
questions in the similar vein, which is how frustrated we are, similar to fans across the world and across America, that a situation like this has happened. But we're, we're happy that U.S. soccer has sort of planted their foot and said, nope, we're not going to accept that. Now, I'm going to offer you a conspiracy theory, and I just want to hear what your thoughts are. What if this is not checkers, but chess being played by someone like Don Garber to try to get MLS owners to open up those purse strings a little bit and spend more money. Maybe if it's saying, hey, we've got congestion, let's play the kids. Oh, wait, we're not allowed. Well, look, guys, we're going to go back to the table to the MLS owners who have been conservative in the past and say, I guess we're going to have to expand our rosters and make bit more of an, of an investment that way. Do you think that's a possibility? Or do you think this is straight up just they just want to play the kids and not be involved with this because they've got their own thing going on? Alexis and the conspiracy theories. <laughs> Who would have thought? Stats uh, and conspiracies, no, baby. Right? The I, XC, I, expected I, conspiracy I, theory. <laughs> I 100% agree with you on the 3D chess. This is chess. This isn't checkers. But I don't think it's a, a move to go back to the MLS owners and say, hey, we got to expand these rosters. We, we, need, we, we need more depth. We need more money. I think this is more on the federation to look at them and say, hey, we need to raise the level of this cup and it's not coming out of our pockets. It's coming out of your pockets. So I think there is some sort of, of level from Don Garber to say, Hey, this is, this is obviously a strategy. This is a way to make this cup more important with, you know, bigger prize pools, uh, ownerships and and clubs being able to take more revenue from, from this competition. So, uh, I think there there is chess at play here, but I don't necessarily think it it is about the MLS owners um, having to put more money into to to their clubs to bring in more club uh, quality players. Charlie, someone that's a big advocate for the development of the game in this country, and obviously being an ex international yourself, someone still close to the game. Um, how do you feel this has made American soccer look? to the rest of the world, you know, you're someone that's fought for wanting to American soccer to be respected. So how do you think mm -hmm. for other governing bodies around the world with this whole situation, where clearly you can see it's a power struggle between your governing body and the league seeming to have a lot more power now, feeling they can do what they want. How do you feel this looks for the respect factor of it? Nigel, I don't think anyone is too concerned about what the world thinks about Major League Soccer or U.S. Soccer at the moment when you're talking about this competition. Our league's different. I mean, billion-dollar goal. I mean, how many times do we have to bring that up, this, this documentary series? We are starting on the back foot because of this big uh, wasteland from 1950 to, to 1990. Uh, our league just was created in 1996. It's not that old, right? So... We have a long way to go till we get to the level we all want um, from Major League Soccer and from U.S. Soccer, from the Federation. So uh, I don't think you can compare it. It's not, it's not a, a com fair comparison if we're, we're talking about England and, and America. So I'm, I'm, I'm more of the, hey, if we're going to put this a positive spin on this, it's about demanding I think higher excellence from the Federation and the league and trying to figure out ways to work together and work in a way that everyone gets, uh, I think the best opportunity out of, out of the U S open cup, everyone gets an, a fair idea of, of what it takes to invest in the sport in this country. Uh, so I, I'm looking at it as 
everyone is is progressing in the right direction uh without confrontation without these arguments without these disagreements uh, i don't think we get to where we, we we need to get charlie for you where is that happy medium where is that middle ground where u.s soccer and major league soccer both benefit i, I think the easy the easy fix is allowing mls clubs to field more more youngsters to field more academy players and um, I think MLS was thinking, hey, MLS Next Pro, we just created this league. We're going to give them more games of consequence. We're going to give them games that matter. But it's at the detriment of the, the, the big tournament, the oldest tournament in this country, the U.S. Open Cup. So uh, I, I see on one thing, on one hand, you're saying, hey, we're going to give these players more competition, more competition, uh, more, more playing time at, at a higher level. But I don't think that's the right answer. I think the answer would be, okay, if you feel that maybe this competition is not that important to the club, then we'll we'll have we'll field a team made up of of you know some uh, experienced pros and 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 a, a number of youngsters, and we'll give it a go. We'll give it a try. So that would be the easy fix. And then, in terms of revenue, maybe there's more investment from U.S. Soccer in this tournament. Um, you know, the the home teams get a, a bigger revenue from from the U.S. Open Cup, from the ticket, from the tickets, from the gates, uh, from selling merchandise. But um, I think this is a tournament that we've all seen. It happens in England all the, quite quite a bit. Once you get closer to the trophy, the teams start to go from a mixture to your first team because trophies matter now in this country. There's a big emphasis on not only the regular season play, but winning MLS Cup, winning Leagues Cup. Uh, if your tournament, if your team can bring in trophies, that's the demand now. We're not seeing clubs uh, keep managers on for two, three, four seasons of 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 just winless, winless. Tr- Barren, barrenless, trophyless seasons. Now it's about going out and getting trophies and competing and winning and entertaining the crowd. And if a, a manager is not doing that, they're they're making those changes now quite often. And that was never the case in the past. So the demand uh, is there. And I and I think now that with U.S. Open Cup, uh, the federation putting their foot down and saying no, we want MLS teams to participate and. Now it's the bargaining chips. How how do we work together to make sure that this is a tournament that um, meets everyone's demands? Charlie, um, I want to ask you, and again, this is just subjective. I mean, there's really no way to know. But what what do you think, especially someone that's been involved in American soccer for so long, Mm -hmm. why do you think all of a sudden U.S. soccer sort of G'd up and stood their ground? What do you think is causing this? And and where do you think this ends up? I I think it's... People saw how important and and how U.S. Soccer had a, a the federation had a good chance to see what it means to this country, what it means to I think soccer fans in general, uh, even MLS supporter supporters were speaking up about it. So I think when you you look at the tournament as a whole, they realized how important it was, and that the spotlight was on the federation to to put their foot down to say, hey, no. You're not just controlling the landscape of, of, of the sport in this country, right? And so I think people are proud of the Federation is saying, no, we want MLS clubs to participate in this. We want the, the, the opportunity, not that this will ever happen, but the chance that it could happen, that a, a Pittsburgh Riverhounds, that uh, any of these, these top USL clubs, Sacramento, that they could play against a Lionel Messi and an Inter-Miami just 
just in the, as a quarterfinal, a semifinal, a final, the, the opportunity that that exists, that a top level MLS player, an all-star caliber t- uh, player, a, cl- uh, a, a legend, an icon could play against an IS, uh, a USL team and a meaningful competition like that. That possibility is, is so great and, and incredible that the hope of, of the tournament, that's what people want. I mean, why do you think people are falling in love with, you know, uh, some of these these, you know, let's say some of these these um, shows are are around the sport. Right. It's it's because it's those fairy tale scenarios. And and I just love that, you know, a team like Wrexham is is super popular in the United States because Ryan Reynolds is is showing how much people care about these lower divisions in, in England. Right. And and I think that exists to a, a smaller extent in this country. And, you know, I was one of those kids, a New Hampshire kid that followed a USL team, the New Hampshire Phantoms. That was the only team that I could go and watch. And I looked at that as like, wow, I'm watching professionals. I didn't know how low on the level totem pole that that competition was and that level was. But our whole our whole community rallied around that team. And, and I remember how special it was to watch it and to be at those games. So, um that that's what I think about the USL Cup when I think about it. It's it's those kids in those smaller communities, the kids who don't have the money or or have the the necessities to travel to some of these uh, MLS uh, stadiums that they get the chance to witness possibly uh, a Lionel Messi coming to to their their town, their city, their small stadiums. Well said, Charlie. And yeah, what Ryan Reynolds, the story uh, being told about a club like Wrexham is incredible. And those stories are, are what create fans too, right? And soccer here in America needs that more and more as they compete for more and more eyeballs. But uh, great stuff as always. Thank you for taking the time to join us today, Chuck. And uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Yes. Bright and early. Bright and early, baby. I hope the C's aren't angry. (laughs) All right. Well, we will have more on this developing story throughout the day here on Galato Network. 